0: Are we not the best of some friends already? Only in media.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast that has made its list. And tonight we'll be checking it twice. It's time to do a little Santa gazing. And uh, joining me is Mark. Hello, Mark. How are you?
0: I'm feeling like Santa. I haven't recovered from Thanksgiving and I'm only putting on more weight.
1: I mean, it really is just a lurching from one holiday to the next kind of kind of theme, isn't
0: it? Uh, it's
1: not good.
0: It's not I'm going <laughs> to pay for this in January, February and probably March.
1: You know what? That's future Mark's problem. Present Mark. And, and what really what has future Mark ever done for you? <laughs> he, he's caused me to worry. There you go. That guy's never contributed a thing. He's just a big old drain. Yeah,
0: the the only advantage future Mark has that is that he's not prior Mark. That's
1: right. Past Mark. That guy caused all the problems. <laughs> so, <laughs> he is a bad man. <laughs> he's a bad man. So you know, we've we've got. We'll, we'll this will be our last podcast before um, before the big man delivers delivers toys to all the boys and girls. But uh, quite a bit to talk about stars wise. We're we're just gonna go full speed ahead into the, the holiday theme we're going to talk about the positional groups we're going to talk about who's been naughty we're going to talk about who's been nice we're going to talk about what is uh you know what the stars should be asking santa for as we approach christmas it's going to be a a rollicking good time really i mean all of the podcasts at this point we're we're usually quite crap but today i sincerely mean it this is a good one this is this is the show to listen to you guys. It's going to be okay. And
0: and I think we probably start right at the top with Santa himself Pete DeBoer. There you go. Um
1: he's he's brand new to this program. What do you think? I mean, I'm putting him on the nice list. It's it's, you know, the the things that I have liked, right? One, you always get that he hasn't it's it's one of those things, right? He hasn't overcomplicated his job. And what I mean by that is, he what did he inherit, right? A, a good goaltender, he inherited an all-world defenseman that needed a little bit of, of ceiling, right? He inherited the best line in the NHL and a team with a very strong defensive identity. And while he has definitely made changes, and we'll talk to those, the thing that Pete DeBoer didn't do— was screw with any of the stuff that worked, right? He didn't he didn't mess around with Ottinger's minutes. He didn't get cute with um you know with Miro's role on the team. You know, Klingberg moved on and Miro just soaked up those minutes. Let's go. And he didn't mess around with the Pavelski and Sons, right? That he he kind of came in and said, I've got, I've got these three things and they're fantastic. And I'm not gonna do a thing about any of them. And then on top of that, he, he has managed to sort of segue into a much more aesthetically pleasing, much more goal-rich style without completely jettisoning Dallas's defensive spine. And so that's that's kind of, in, in a nutshell, to me, what DeBoer has done in, in the first 34 games of his first season behind the bench.
0: Right. And, and you take a look at it, and in spite of what he's started in setting up, he's willing to make adjustments on the fly. And so, for instance, I I saw a quote in one of the things I read today where he was discussing uh, Mason Marchman and Tyler Sagan, and and he was going, well, they started out real strong, but that's kind of faded. And so now we're with Marchman and Ben, and so he's making these little subtle adjustments as he's paying attention to what's going
1: on on the ice. He has, and they've been subtle, but at the same time, I do feel like there has been a pretty significant philosophical shift. It's it's impossible to watch the way the stars approach zone entries and the way the stars approach zone exits and not see some pretty significant newness there. But you're right, he's, he's balanced that. And when things have worked, he's left them alone. And so far, his instincts to tinker have been largely good. Now, is there anything that you would say that might characterize him as naughty?
0: At this point, I'm still kind of in the honeymoon phase. I, I like what I've seen so far. Um, there, were, there were certainly a whole lot of questions that were floating around here about what he was doing, bringing in assistant coaches and the success mm-hmm. those assistant coaches had had at pre or prior stops. And really none of that has turned out to be all that uh, troubling. Yeah. The the power play is real solid. You might have a few concerns with what's going on on the second unit, but even there he's making some adjustments.
1: And then the second oh, the unit is solid. Night,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. And and, and on a, a real nice play. Yeah. Um it Auto. wasn't luck. That was no. that was that was all intentional. You know, the penalty kill, um we're getting value out of our, our out of our lower uh, lower six and they're performing top 10 in the NHL. So I, I guess maybe the one thing that I would complain of, and, and I think this may just be hockey-wide, is that there, there is a willingness to cut slack with veterans who lose a step. Yeah. And and and, and certainly we've seen that a little bit with Ryan Souter this year. Um, I, I think we've also seen it quite a bit with Luke Lindenning. And, and the penalty kill and the success of the penalty kill is kind of – made us not pay that much attention to it, but he just hasn't been really good at five on five.
1: Yeah, I I think that's, that is true. And that, that segues into actually the, I had two, but one of the things that I have found wanting, and and I, I, I understand I'm, I'm nitpicking here. So please stars fans take this in, in context, but, I would have liked to, I mean, we're talking about a team that's 19, 9, and 6, right? 44 points, second in the conference, um, first in the division, albeit with a couple games in hand. But we have not seen enough of Jacob Peterson. We have not seen enough. I um, mean, we're getting a glimpse at Riley Tufty. But I, I, and yes, there's a, you know, guys earning spots component. But talking about what you're saying about, you know, Glenn Denning and, you know, how long has it been since Kipirant to score a goal? I think that, that as on the one hand, I'm going to praise Deborah for not messing with what's working. I do think that this team has built up enough of the cushion and is playing well enough and is not complete that he is, he has not done in my opinion enough to rotate in meaningful pieces into his lineup and, and guys that, you know, we're, we're still, we'll get to this when we get to the, get the, the wish list Right. But this team is still one offense minded forward short of really having the kind of line balance that contenders need. Right. And, and at this stage, that guy might be playing for Texas. They've been lights out, right? So the thing that that I've been really frustrated with is I think that DeBoer has had an opportunity to rotate his lineup a little bit more and to get looks at different guys in different situations, and hasn't.
0: Right, and, and, and I I think maybe there are two things going on there. One, I think I, I think your criticism is absolutely valid. The guys that they brought up, you know, you take a look. Freddie Carlstrom was up and, and and never sought the ice. Blue Mel got a little bit of a look, but he even even with Tufty, he, you know, he went through four four straight games of being up. I think without uh, w- without drawing in, it's an insurance policy, and it's an insurance policy that he hasn't used. You need to learn about the team that you have because you aren't going to be healthy all year.
1: That's that's exactly where I was headed. He he hasn't had to because everybody that matters has has answered the bell night in and night out. And, you know, yeah, if you're if you're struggling, if you're if you're Calgary right now and every point matters, if you're Edmonton and every point matters, if you're Colorado whatever, and you're you're just a mash unit, then you don't have as much room to experiment. But when you're When you're looking at the looking at the standings, what six points clear of eighth place, something like that, like this is just sorry, eight points clear. You've you've got to find a way to get looks at guys that might help you when you need help. And that hasn't happened yet to the degree that I think it needs to.
0: Right. And especially when you're talking about a group
1: that, you know, I I think
0: everybody's kind of come to realize that there is one spot out there for the taking in the middle six and you really need to start rotating people through that spot to see who's going to gel.
1: Absolutely. And and so, you know, they again, it's early. It's it's they've got a cushion. Everything's working. This isn't the this isn't the end of the world, right? I'm not giving anybody a lump of coal yet, but it's a missed opportunity and there's still time to fix it, but at some point this season, Dallas is going to need somebody that's not on the roster right now to do something important, and the later it gets, the harder that's going to be.
0: Right, and and I mean the one thing they have been doing is they have been gathering some uh, some cap space, and and the multipliers on that get uh, get better and better the closer you get to the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. But that's never really going to get absolutely to the point where they can bring in, you know, a, a, a real large contract for somebody that you think is just going to plug and play into that middle six role and, and make a humongous difference. And even if you are thinking that way, why not take this opportunity to see if you have somebody that's already sitting there down in Cedar Park that could turn, turn that into a, a role? I mean, how did we figure out about Jason
1: Robertson, right? Yep. Put him in the, I mean, even further back, he got
0: got in the lineup and he
1: never left. And how did they find out about hence? Right. They called him up a couple of times and he finally stuck. Right. Who's to say, who's to say that there's not a guy down there right now that could help. And it is, I, like I said, is it, is it a critical issue? Look at the standings? No, but this team is one piece in the middle six short and nothing has really been done to address that. And trade is unlikely, right? The, for cap reasons you mentioned, it's, it's just not likely they're going to go out and find that guy on the market. So it's internal options only, and they're not really flipping through the records. And that's a problem.
0: Right. And you take a look, DeBoer supposedly had a conversation with, uh, with Student Nietzsche before he went down and said he needs to work on on his shooting and his finishing. Well, Look what he's done here in the last couple of weeks. He, he's up to 10 goals now with, with Texas and is kind of on a heater. So maybe he's paying attention. On, on the other hand, you take a look at somebody like Riley Tufte, who, who has gotten a look the last couple of games. And down at Texas, he had really been working on his puck protection and, and using his big frame to create offense. And that didn't quite translate into the NHL level. So now, OK, he has a couple of games under his belt and now he has a new way that he needs to focus when he takes that game back to Texas.
1: 100%. Uh, and then the other thing, and, and we don't need to talk about this because we've talked about it a ton, the the penalties. And it's gotten better lately. They've They've certainly calmed down. But a penalty hurt him last night against Edmonton. Penalties will get you killed when you take them consistently. And right now the Dallas stars take penalties consistently and it's, it's something that needs to get fixed or it's really going to limit the ceiling of this team. Right. And, and, and here
0: I, you know, speaking of penalties, that probably leads us to transition to the defense because that was certainly the group that was taking them early on in the year. And I think in my mind also brings out an area that's causing a little more concern for me recently, which is, just turnovers um and turnovers is especially when we're trying to do zone exits and and through the neutrals
1: yeah it's it's i think the and again i'm not going to bury the guy because he's he's the best player on the team but last night muros turnover that that you know ended up costing them the game i think is a good example that they are playing looser and they are playing more aggressively and the flip side of that is when you make mistakes they tend to be more dangerous right and so there there have been some issues getting the puck out and this this leads me and mark i'll i'll pause just in case there's something you want to say first but this does lead me to a rant slash our first you know what's under the christmas tree gimmick of the evening so i i can do that or if there's anything you want to kind of speak to about the defensive unit what you're seeing right now first i'll put a put a bow on it run with it I, so I had the pleasure of of catching the Texas stars earlier this week they they put a stomp on Rockford and my my biggest takeaway is that there is no more reason to keep Thomas Harley in Cedar Park and it's it's not even that he had this amazing you know multi-point explosion of a game It was more just that he's he's moving the puck he's, controlling it, he's making good Chris pad He just he looks like an NHL player playing in the AHL. So step one is he's he to me looked entirely ready. And then to your point, I'm I'm really starting to, you know, DeBoer has started to do some rotation with Colin Miller. Um Lungfist sat on the bench for a little while. Uh, it might be time to give Hawk and Pa a breather right. There's the defensive unit is creaking a little bit I would say and this is a team that that is you know it, it thrives when it's fluid and I just think that that now is maybe maybe the cap won't allow it that some some capologists please please hit me up on the socials and tell me how dumb I am but this team needs another guy who can be trusted to move the puck defensively and I think that that will do them more good in terms of puck possession and control and limiting chances against and blah, blah, blah. And my my big takeaway and, and you know, what, what the Stars really need under the tree and, and, you know, wrap it up in whatever holiday gimmick you want, but it's time to find a way to give Thomas Harley a look in the, six, in the six-man defensive unit.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think cap-wise, it's not a problem. They, they aren't really u- utilizing Joel Hanley. Uh, Hanley, uh, you know, he obviously has to, Their waivers to go down, but there probably aren't. uh, There, there's probably nobody who's going to jump on that. And even if there is, we we have Will Butcher down uh, down in Cedar Park. We have NHL veteran down there, and we also have a a bunch of AHL veteran guys who who could very easily pull in uh, as a seventh guy up with.
1: Yeah, and and I say this is a. uh, There's no way to say this in a way that isn't mean and hurtful. And I just I apologize to. Uh, You know, the Hanley family, all branches and also, but my, my big, you know, there is no, who cares? We know who Hanley is. We know what he's going to do. And, and frankly, it's not going to move the needle for this team. It's not, he's not a piece of any consequence. And at this point, giving Lundqvist a break to give Hanley a couple games or Miller or whoever, and just to get Hanley in there to play his nine minutes of, of meh, it doesn't teach the stars anything it doesn't make the stars any different. It doesn't certainly doesn't make the stars any better. It doesn't, it doesn't serve a purpose.
0: Right. And right. I mean, he, he's literally, literally on the team because he's a reliable seventh defender who, who costs you league minimum.
1: He's a so, guy. Yeah.
0: And, and, and I'm, I'm guessing the same could be slightly true for, for uh, Will butcher. Um, although he has been uh, spending a lot of time with, uh, with Harley down in Cedar park. So you know, he's, he's fulfilling a function down there. He he can also do power play, whatever. I, I think your point is well taken, though. And the interesting thing about Harley is they've asked him to kind of play against Cass down in, in, in with the Texas Stars this year. He's been concentrating on his defense. He's been playing on the penalty kill. He's been getting a little time on the power play, but they've kind of been rotating through that anyways. And so He's done everything that they've asked, and he's done it very successfully. And he's done it while maintaining some pretty solid offensive numbers. And
1: yeah, at, at this time, there, there, there's there's nothing four that roles, I would say 10 to, assists in 29 yeah. games. So we, that's that's good production for a defenseman.
0: Right, exactly. So yeah, you're, you're, you you I'm completely with you here. It's time to find a way to work him into the lineup and uh, and at least give him a handful of games to say, hey, we, we like what you've done. Um, please come, come up here and do that for us. And when you do that, we have a spot for
1: you. And I also think as well, that the last piece of that is, you know, and I, am not saying this is the reason, but oftentimes you, you take somebody out of the lineup to make a point, right? Your play isn't where it needs to be. You need to do X, you need to do Y getting yanked from the lineup for, for Joel Hanley isn't really like, it's not going to be permanent. Everybody knows that. Right. It's it's not gonna be permanent, it's not gonna be threatening, it's not and, and so I wonder from a motivation standpoint, if you know, you get pulled out for handling, it's like, all right, well, I need to tweak a couple things, fine. There's no real urgency there. Getting pulled out of the lineup for Thomas Harley, you may not get that job back. Sorry, I'm not saying you want but- to rule your roster through fear, but it is a different reaction from a professional athlete when you have legitimate competition pushing you to perform. And that's just not Joel Hanley.
0: Yeah, I mean, Thomas Harley is a first round draft pick who's, who's been through the process, demonstrated that he can handle the, the game at the professional level and uh, and is only going to get better. And he's going to push you to be your best. And if you aren't your best, he's going to take your spot. Yep.
1: To your point and earlier, it, he's done everything they've asked of him, and it's time for him to get a little bit of a reward. So that's my my big gripe slash present for the team is it's it's time to get him into line. This this defensive unit has come as far as it's going to come without a jolt, and that's the jolt to me.
0: Yep, and and it's like who, you know, at this point, Miro Miro's uh, there. I, I would argue probably that S is there. No, uh, other than that, uh, who who else? Uh, who else is a guaranteed spot? I mean,
1: for contractual reasons, Ryan Suter, and I think with him, it's it's more that, it's less that you can afford to really remove Suter from the lineup entirely. But you could bring in Harley and certainly nudge Suter down. We're talking right. about talking about message sending, right? Again, he he has struggled there need to be options outside of him. And that's one way to get there. But yeah, I I don't think anybody is outside of Miro and Lindell. You know, nobody has been without flaw.
0: Yeah. Well, and you're, you're a hockey guy. You have your bruises from earlier this week. Uh, How how do you punish a hockey guy? You, uh, you, you don't necessarily boot him. You cut his minutes. Yeah. And
1: that, that's the way that you keep him in
0: the lineup and tell him he needs to get better.
1: And again, when it's a guy like Hanley, you're telling you're telling him that it, you're, you'll get it back. When it's a guy like Harley, you're saying, hey, you got to earn this.
0: Yep. Yep. I, I appreciate that. Um,
1: okay. Well, how about goaltenders? Oh, man. Let's, gosh, I just want to bask in this one. I'm, I'm, this is the Dallas Stars goal sending situation on the whole is Linus's impassioned speech from the end of Charlie Brown Christmas, but... Has Ottinger struggled lately, question mark? I mean,
0: I, I think Ottinger has played some outstanding games and he's had some okay games. I don't know that he's really stunk up the joint uh, at, at any given game. You know, I, I suppose you could argue that he, was, uh, you know, he, he gave up more goals than, than the uh, expected goal model would have expected last night. But I don't, I don't really put a whole lot on, uh, of that on him. He was put in some bad situations. You know, the goal, the goal off of uh, off of Suter's stick that just happens to angle it into the corner. Fine, uh, you know, McDavid coming down with speed finds five hole on you. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, that. I mean, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and and he and he made some great saves along the way. So I I, I have no complaints. And and yeah, goaltending is not something where. You're just going to shut everybody down every single night. There's going to be some games where you stand on your head, and there's going to be some games where you
1: need the rest of the team to pick you up. And, and what I've liked, and so as we sit here, he's nine nineteen save percentage, two point four seven goals against average. Both of those are upper echelon. I don't have, I don't have NHL.com sorted by uh, games played, which is frustrating. So technically, he is let's see, sixteenth in the league when we talk about save percentage, but. You know, one, two, three, four, yeah, a four couple of, of guys, those
0: guys are, are getting less than 10 games
1: already. I was say four year. of the guys ahead of him have played single digit games. Uh, you know, another four of those guys have played low double digits. So he is, for all intents and purposes, in my opinion, he, he's been a top, you know, top 10 goalie in the league, top five, arguably like you could. You could look at his performance on the balance and and you have to get to guys like, you know, you have to get to guys like, you know, the job Olmark is doing in Boston or Hellebuck with the Jets or, or, you know, Georgie Evan, Colorado, like the, that's the crowd that he's in. And even if he's at the bottom of that crowd, that's, you know, he's at the cool kids table. So yeah. I think that, and for me as well, what I, what I've liked, especially is he's still been inconsistent, but. To your point, that's goaltending. He hasn't seemed to let the bad times overwhelm the good, right? He came out of the the gates uh, like gangbusters, was amazing for the first month of the season, then legitimately struggled and didn't let that, you know, the wins were still mostly there, spent a little bit of time hurt. He's come back and he's, he's rebounded just fine. So he hasn't, he doesn't seem like he's been overwhelmed by the, the kind of day to day of being an NHL number one goaltender.
0: Yeah, and I, I have good things to say about Scott, Scott Wedgwood. I think Wedgwood is filling the role perfectly. Um, he, he's in the right price range, and he gives you a fighting chance to win every single time he's put in the lineup. So I would say between Ottinger and Wedgwood, that's a, that's a real solid tandem.
1: Yeah, and it's been fantastic for the Stars. I agree with your point on Wedgwood as well. And he seems like, you know, there's, there's backup guys, and, and I've been watching hockey since— you know, the early nineties and they just have a vibe sometimes where, you know, you don't necessarily think that he could do it every single day, every single time, but there's no anxiety watching, you know, when you see the black pads, when it's, when it's going to be a wedge start, like there's no, you know, I, I remember the, the Kari Lettinen years, right. And when it wasn't Kari, it was oh God, what are we, you know, what's,
0: what's yeah, going to you're, happen.
1: You're going to have to score five or six just to have a shot. Exactly. And, and with Wedgwood, it's, yeah, he's not as good as Ottinger, but like, he's not going to get him killed. He he holds his own. He's won game. He he has been the reason that Dallas has won games more than he's been the reason that Dallas has lost games. And as a backup goaltender, like, what else is there to? What else do you want?
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, I'm I'm going to take goaltenders throughout the organization. I mean, Anton Hudobin has been a, a, a rejuvenated self down in Cedar Park. Uh, Matt Murray is given the chance to learn as he's going as opposed to being thrust into being the number one down there. And that's also, you know, if you want to take it even further, given Scheel and and Poirier down in Idaho, just the ability to be the studs in the league. I mean, those those guys are just tearing it up on on the best team in the ECHL. So, goaltending-wise, this whole organization is smoking it.
1: Yeah, and and it's it's amazing to think about that, considering that you know two seasons ago the starting tandem was Ben Bishop and Anton Hudobin, and here we are yep. today. Neither of those guys is involved, and it's not an organizational catastrophe.
0: Yeah, and, and here I mean the the guy I've really been impressed with has been Poirier. You, you you take a look at him coming out of the queue and really not knowing what what you're getting in somebody who's who's a, a pretty high or pretty low draft pick, if if you will. And uh, and some of the saves that he's been putting putting up are just incredible. I I saw his first game in Traverse City as a pro and he was uh, he he was a little shaky and he's really come on. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him getting some real serious minutes up uh, up with Texas next year and 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 making you know putting his name in the hat for two or three years down the road being being one of the guys who's thinking of making it to dallas
1: yeah it's it's a it's it's the hardest thing to find and it's it's been a position of strength for the stars and that's something that i think that we should all take a deep breath every now and then and be thankful for what that pipeline looks like especially when you think about a team like you know edmonton or when you think about you know what's happening in new jersey with some of their wobbles lately and there are there are teams that have not been able to transition away from one significant goaltending era. And yet, and this goes across multiple GMs, but, and yet the Dallas Stars have gone from, you know, Darcy Wacaluck to Eddie Belfort to Marty Turco to Kari Lettinen to Ben Bishop to Anton Hudobin to, to Jake Ottinger. And, you know, throw, throw a little zhuzh of, of Jack Campbell in there for a while. And, and this is a team that has not had to wander the goalie, goalie wilderness for very long, and I, I hope that you know it's something that I have to remind myself. Right, I hope that we never take that for granted as fans. Yeah, yeah. You,
0: you if you have a backstop back there, you're just never going to be really, really bad. And and I think the other, it kind of goes along hand hand in hand with this. And and there there was an article or a week or so. Did David write this? Where, where it's pretty much, you know, Jim Nil has has retooled this team without without taking it down to the studs. Yeah. And and that's uh, that's I think something that as a fan you really have to appreciate because, you know, as much as you want to say, let's take it down to the studs. There's a lot of
1: suffering in doing that and and you have to go through some very bad hockey. Well, and there's there's no guarantee you're gonna get out of it. Like how long has Buffalo's rebuild been going on? How about Ottawa? Right? They they've been doing they've been doing it forever. Like how you know, things are grim in Chicago right now. And, you know, what I think it is, is, is Jim Neal just misunderstood, you know, Ghilardi said, Hey, it's time to take the thing down to the studs. And he said, okay, I'll just go draft a bunch of,
0: them. I'll, I'll just go bring some studs in. Yeah. Yes, hey, come, right. come on in. Jason Robertson. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's, uh, <laughs> and I love it. Well, that that's, that's, I think is plenty to be thankful for right there.
1: Yeah. It's, it's been a great, it's been I, the rebuild on the fly, I think is, is, is a really good way to put it. And he's still getting contributions out of the, the, you know, the, the people that have supposedly been passed along, right? James, Jamie Ben has been very good this season. Tyler Sagan scored again last night. Um, you know, yes, we've talked about the middle six and there's, there's still some stuff to, to iron out, but it's not, it's not like. They moved on to you know robertson and, and and nobody else is contributing any longer like this the 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 roster talent is growing there there are fewer trouble spots today than there were you know this time last season certainly
0: yep and 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 I don't know that we would have predicted that going into the year, so um uh, yep.
1: I mean Good, yeah, no, think. and I think the Good only there. way we, the prediction there was it was the it was the best case you know I remember yeah. talking about. You know what does this team look like? What does a successful version of this team look like? You know, I remember those conversations, and and most of them centered around, okay, we get no regression out of the top line, and somebody else steps up. And it wasn't so much a we know that somebody else is going to step up, but it it was that you know that was how they got there. And and to your point earlier, all the way back to the beginning of the podcast, Pete DeBoer has found a way. You know, it's 14 points out of Delandrew, 14 points out of Wyatt Johnson, 24 points out of Tyler Sagan, 31 points out of out of Jamie Benn, 21 points out of Mason Marchman. Like he's he's found a way to get guys that aren't on the top line contributing meaningful offense. And that has been the difference for this team.
0: Yeah. And and we've had some defensive step backs, yep. but it's still a pretty decent defensive hockey team. And and so again, that kind of explains where you where they are in the standings. You know, the thing I'm thankful for more than anything, fun to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Even when they lose, it's more entertaining. I'm 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 so done with the third period turtle. I'm I never want to never want to see that again. I, and yeah, I obviously care that the team is good. I'd rather it's it's easier to have this opinion when they're winning hockey games. But I, I still like to think I've been through enough lean bad years that I would I would rather watch this team drop the occasional, you know, six, three loss to Edmonton than win a bunch of, you know, chew your fingernail to the nub three to two squeakers, you know.
0: Right. And, and, and to tell you the truth, the Edmonton game was the first one in a while where he, where where I got toward the last seven or eight minutes and thought they didn't have a chance of coming back um and uh, you know it's kind of nice being in the middle of the third and even if they're down a goal or two you say yeah we kind of got them where we want them
1: right they're all tired now so let me ask you this who's on the naughty list oh well you said the chicago blackhawks aren't doing very well so they're always there um more specifically on the relative to the dallas stars what does their naughty list look like
0: um I don't know that I have a naughty list. I think it's kind of presence all around. so i, I think everybody's giving their all the 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 guys seem to like each other. Um, there's a great mix of uh, of you know veterans and guys hitting their prime and and, and guys who are just getting their call ups. so i I think we're kind of happy maybe maybe uh, maybe the only Scrooge there is is, you know Pete DeBoer and, and and not getting a little more love for the AHL guys and you know even if you aren't going to get them in the lineup get them up to the NHL so they're cashing a few checks so they can afford
1: presents. Yeah, they, I like that. Afford presents. I I agree with you for the most part. I I'm going to be a little bit harsher, and I would say forwards beyond the you know outside of that top line and the you know the 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 crew of like. Foxa, uh, Kiviranta, Glenn Denning, um, you know Guryanov. The 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 crew, uh, even Delandria, a little bit more lately. Although he does some stuff that's not offensive that that helps. That that kind of he doesn't need to be scoring all the time. But I would say that if you take us, you know, you've got the guys that are performing right. Roberts and Hens Pavelski, Ben. There's that second tier where I'm I'm mostly happy. You know, there have been some slumps from Marchment that I'm not some some scoreless streaks that I'm not thrilled about and you know Sagan I'd like to see a couple but but really I'm, I I can't be mad at how they're doing you know Johnston of course is is all of 12 years old and and must weigh 45 pounds and has still managed to score nine goals at the NHL level and my goodness what a player he already is let alone going to be right so that crew I'm I'm really happy with it's it's everybody else and Delandry for me again he's right on that borderline because he does so much that doesn't necessarily show up on the score sheet. But, you know, yeah, part of the issue is that DeBoer isn't maybe giving different guys looks, but on a, on a roster where, you know, there, there should be a, a, you know, salivating rabid dog fight over, you know, this, this is a team that has a legitimate slot open on a legitimate scoring line and they can't, they can't get somebody that'll, that can be successful. So I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed by the bottom reaches of the lineup just that nobody has been able to to step in and do that yeah
0: uh, i agree i i'm not sure that there's somebody who fits what you're looking for there you know i i, I did do a bit of, of poking around with the natural strat stat trick line line tool and i mean it, it's shocking to me but i think the best pair if you look at uh, at at Two man groups. That then you add a third to, which I think is really the way you want to look at a line. Um, Tyler Sagan kind of matches well with Radic Foxa, and and over a decent number of minutes. Yeah, and 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 maybe maybe that's a weird way to go with 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 Sagan. If you can find if you can find somebody and and here, you know kind of the guy I'm looking at is somebody like Marion Studenich who can come in and kind of add that drop of human blood to that mix that turns it from being what what you know you say okay how does that line generate offense well you have to find something that's going to be a little uh, you know zigging when everybody else is zagging and, and student each does a, a bunch of that
1: yeah i think that's a that again back to the and looking at at the Texas Stars so the student each right now 11 goals 10 assists 21 points in 28 games that's a guy that you'd think the team would want to get a look at there. There is a hole on the Dallas stars roster for, for offense. And you have a guy that has 11 goals and to your point, physically profiles, he's, he's fast, right? He brings, he brings a thing to the team that would be different than, than some of the players he's with. So yeah, that, that to me is the, the sort of experimentation. Like why, why hasn't he had, three or four games in a row at this point to see if he's the catalyst. And then if he isn't, okay, well then, all right, let's, let's maybe give blue a look, or maybe it's time for, you know, Jacob Peterson's more all around, you know, intelligent game, or maybe, you know, Damiani is, is ready for another look, but it's, it's, it's time to start cycling people through those slots.
0: Yeah, exactly. Cause I mean, there, there, there are nine or 10 guys down in Cedar park who, who, would not be out of place as as, as a call up. It's it, it's amazing depth at the forward at the forward slot actually even at the at the
1: defender slot there too. And I'm going to use this as an opportunity to throw another compliment at Pete DeBoer which is fine because we're ripping on him on the one hand too. This is this is an area where as well if you look at the ice time distribution he's been you know everybody's playing a pretty reasonable pretty you know around what 13 to 16 minutes a night like he's been really egalitarian with the ice time. Which one is keeping people fresh, but two, in my opinion, it means, okay, so let's, let's say they call up, they decide to take a look at student each and, and I'm I'm not, not saying that he would, but just, just for the sake of an example, they call him up, they throw him out there and it's a disaster. It doesn't work. It, it's, it's a, the way that DeBoer is, is distributing his minutes right now. He can afford a disaster, because nobody you know it's, it's not like this team is being propped up by Jason Robertson playing 30 minutes a night and if any other one forward struggles then what he's going to play 35 no every, everybody's playing a reasonable workload and if, if somebody stinks, then give everybody else two three extra minutes and they're still very comfortable and you know nobody's getting overtaxed. so this is a team that that in terms of, of how the players are actually used shift by shift, this is a team that can afford, to make a mistake here and there and not be stuck with, well, we we called the guy up and it's not working, but guess what? He's going to have to play 20 minutes tonight because we don't have any other options. Well, guess what? This is a team that does have other options. You know, yep. they've got guys like Sagan, guys like Ben can play. They can play center. They can play wing. You can double shift them a little bit. Like, they've, they've got pieces that can move around. So you can afford to call a guy up to get a good look at him, and you can afford to have it not work in a real bad fashion, which probably wouldn't happen anyways. Right. I mean, you,
0: even there, you know, the first game, first game Tufty had between 12 and 13 minutes. Uh, the second game, um, he did have shifts cut. He played between six and seven, which kind of tells me that uh, the board didn't like what he was seeing. Yep. And, uh, but that's, that's an incredible exception to the rule that, that you're, that you're speaking of. And so that's the way you manage it. And, and it, I wouldn't also be surprised to,
1: proves- Yeah. Tuffy uh, goes back down and works. I'm talking about if if a guy's not working, it doesn't meaningfully affect the team to give Riley Tufty seven minutes instead of fourteen. You can you can distribute seven minutes across the rest of that forward group without putting anybody in a dangerous spot. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I'm I'm
0: about ready to uh, start uh, start having uh, Christmas dinner.
1: I think I'll start well, early i'm I'm gonna force one more thing out of you so Uh-oh. of course we've we've had some fun with predictions over the course of the season i'm gonna i'm gonna admit i i predicted when we last when we last casted i predicted dallas was gonna get 10 points out of the available 10 points from their road trip and you know what i was off by one the overtime loss in carolina did me in i was i was one prediction off and so it would be unfair of me, Mark, to hold your feet to the fire for predicting that Jamie Ben would have one goal instead of thirteen. So, you know, it, just in the same way that you were off by twelve goals. I was off by a single solitary overtime. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, point. whoa, 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 whoa. It's three, one and one. Three, <laughs> one and one kind of adds up to seven, doesn't it? I'm I'm gonna question your math
1: here. It was we made I made the prediction after the Pittsburgh loss. Oh, okay. Sorry. It was the you're right. It was eight points. Not to, yeah. It was it was after Pittsburgh. We predicted how many they'd get the rest of the way, and right. I thought that they would win every you, game. You
0: you were you were you were undefeated, and I was splitting. A, you know, going going win loss tie whatever. Yeah, exactly. So yep.
1: I I have to tip my cap to you, sir, and and say you you have the Duke on this one. And the last the last thing I'm gonna say before we get out of here, I'm gonna make you give we're gonna do one more prediction. They've got. Um, you know big big tilt tomorrow against the Montreal Canadiens at 7 of course this is weather weather permit maybe that's a prediction but I, I want you to give me one prediction about the Montre- the game against Montreal
0: oh well Montreal well i'm i'm going to i'm going to ride the winning horse here and say that the top line plays like the top line and yeah. uh Let's see. Last time we played Montreal, it was a Pavelski hat trick. So I'm gonna really go out on a limb and say it's a Jason Robertson hat
1: trick. I love it. I love it. Okay. So you, you're you're calling hat trick. You're calling Hattie. Yep. That's a good hat trick. That's a good prediction. I'm going the other direction, I, and and I'm calling shutout. I think that they're you know I I think that they're gonna want to end the, the the Christmas season on a high. I think that they're they're definitely not going to want to drop both games. I think we're going to see a diligent, dedicated effort, and I think that, that Montreal is not going to score a goal.
0: And I only have one thing to add to that.
1: Why not both? Why not? Por, Por no los dos? <laughs> I love it. Well, Mark, okay, well, thank stay you warm. as always. Yep for stitching it all together thanks for the likes for the downloads for the attention on social we crave it don't forget to follow the podcast and uh don't forget to enjoy your stars and we'll see y'all uh, after after the christmas break